0: along, Led Zeppelin. That was about the fifth take because oh, it's early in the morning. Because I should have done this last night, but I've been really sick. And this is the first day that I'm not sounding like complete rubbish. Although you might be saying to me, Adam, that just sounded like complete rubbish. <sighs> um, but like I said, that's like the fifth or sixth take because I was just like, oh, getting it all wrong. Anyway. Uh, Adam Pickett here, Pushing Rubber Podcast number 19. Uh, back on uh, track for my normal time after getting out of whack last week on when the podcast was being released. Let me just put these on. Um, so uh, here we go again. Um, and I've got a, 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 a fairly good episode for you this week, I think. Um, something that's, I've been mulling stuff around in my head as I want to do, being the thinking kind of guy that I am. Uh, interesting happenings this week. Um, the book, that was my cat jumping off the, the Duke, that was the Duke jumping off his high chair there, and saying, I'm off, which is good. Uh, the new book, Run Guts, Paul Cones. Um, I have the proof copy coming to me, it should be here in a couple of days. Um, so I can just check out that the formatting's all correct and the cover works it's not all misaligned or anything like that Um, because they were on the upload they were telling us that it's not working as and they had to adjust it which is weird because they shouldn't have to because it's the same as what we did last time so yeah just have to wait for that to come through and as soon as that's through and I'm happy with it um, bang we'll release it see how it goes Uh, so that's uh, that's what's happening there Um, I'm doing an audiobook at the moment I'm reading an audiobook for someone which I don't want to talk about what the audiobook book book is um, until the publisher announces it but I'm doing that doing the voice work for it Um, I, I got about five or six chapters done before I left for Singapore and then I came back and was sick as a dog so it's been really annoying because I wanted to have it done by now, um, and I can only I can only record uh, late at night because if like if a car goes past right now in the window you'll hear it, but it doesn't matter. There we go. You hear the car going past. How's that? It just happens. Look at that. Ooh, the power that I wield. Um, but uh, if that happens while I'm doing a chapter, then it's not great. Uh, even though we can edit it out, but it's just a pain in the ass. Uh, so I can only uh, really record it late at night. Um, and uh, A, I've been sick and B, we've just, I've had neighbours next door being idiots. And it just hasn't worked out. So tonight's my night. Tonight, tomorrow night. My night to get uh, at least another five or six chapters done. Um, and then knock it off by the, the end of this week. So I'm a bit behind on where I wanted to be. But that's all right. Uh, and once uh, once the publisher announces that I'm reading the book for them, then I'll do the same for you guys. And you can check it out because it's a great book. I'm really enjoying reading it. Lots of uh, voice characterizations. You might be asking yourself if you bought my audiobook. Well, then, if you're doing the reading of this audiobook, why would you get someone else to read your audiobook? Uh, the reason was uh, twofold. One, I didn't know how to do it. Uh, so the process of working with Davis, who, who did mine, really showed me how to do this, which was invaluable. Um, And uh, I was utilising his um, audience and his contacts. So through Davis, you know, I I, um, uh, was introduced to Matt Forney, a few other guys, uh, and they then introduced me to their uh, listeners and readers and, you know, kind of snowballed. So there was a reason why I did that. If I do do an audiobook on Run Guts, Pull Cones, my second book, it'll be me. Because I know how to do it now. Um, the title of this episode, as you can already see, I'm assuming, um, is advice, advice to an 18-year-old episode, as in advice to me. In other words, uh, if I was 18 again, God help me. Please no. Um, But if I was 18 again, what would I do differently? Um, And um, I've been mulling this around for a few days because of some advice that I've given people in real life uh, and just thinking about things. Uh, And I I only give advice to people um, for the most part if they come to me. And even then, I'm pretty careful about doing it. It's a general kind of rule that people, whatever advice you give them, people will do the opposite of that. So if you want people to do something, tell them, tell them <laughs> the opposite of what you want them to do, and then they'll they'll do what you actually want them to do, I suppose. But there is the, also the danger that they will is such it's fraught with so much danger, and people are responsible for their own actions. So you know, it's something that I am hesitant let's say to do unless they really really uh, are into it and then I'll say look this is all on you though I'm just going to say what I think and then and the shit's in your boat mate or if they're a very um close to me as in friend or family member and I, I just see that they really they really need it um then I'll step in but for the most part but anyway if I was going to give advice to 18 year old me what would I say um, and I'm gonna put these in order of priority too like normally you'd say okay here's like and I've got I've got one two three four five six things here right that I'd do differently uh, normally you say okay these are in no particular order well these are these are in particular order and I'm going to give you the most important one first um, and that's sex. Oh, what would I do differently? Now, for those of you who've read my book, you know, my opening, hang on, let me get a copy I've got one more. So my book, Pushing rubber Downhill, uh, the very first sentence, or the very first paragraph, I'll read it to you. Sex is power. That's all there is to it, particularly if you're a 23 year old male. As in, you have no power. And it runs roughshod over you. You spend most of your time thinking about how to get it any way you can, and preferably with the most beautiful girl possible. If it's bad for 23, all right, that's that, that's the quote finished. If it's bad for a 23 year old male who at least has got some experience, 18 year old male. Uh, And yes, I know that everyone's losing their virginity at 15 or 16. And no, I'm not going to tell you how old I was when I lost my virginity, because it's not relevant. Um, But I'll say 18 because of what the advice I'm going to do is, I suppose, technically you have to legally be 18 to do it. So... um, you have to, I, I can't look at 18-year-old me with uh, the viewpoint of 45-year-old me because 18-year-old um, males are completely, for the most part, are completely consumed by testosterone and sex. Uh, and it, it, it just, it clouds your brain. You, As I said in that thing, you're just trying to work out how you can get it every way you can, blah, 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 blah. So you're not thinking as logically or rationally. I, I can't look at myself now and think of how I am now because how am I now? I think logically and rationally about sex. And back then you don't. So that's that's ridiculous. You, it's just, well, I'd do this and I'd do that and blah, blah, blah. You know, you wouldn't because your brain's clouded with testosterone and so you wouldn't do that. Um, so with regard to the sex, this is really, I mean, sex sex is where so many guys... And girls, and girls particularly, well, I suppose more girls, get themselves in trouble. Um, what are the ways that girls get themselves in trouble? Well, the obvious one is they get knocked up early, out of wedlock. Uh, and as a chick, well, I mean, you're basically fucked, aren't you? Mm. Um, the other way, of course, is that uh, as a girl, you just you ride the cock carousel and you get the thousand-yard cock stare and you can just tell a girl. There was actually a... Um, Yesterday in the Australian, there was a piece, Australian newspaper about, uh, there was was an interview with these two girls on some, and one was 21 and one was 18, and they were both on the dole on welfare and unemployment benefits, we call it the dole in Australia, they dole it out, and and they'd both been offered, and they were both like, yeah, we're happy on, on welfare, and it pays our rent well why would we want to get a job and mcdonald's offered them both jobs and they turned it down they're like i'm gonna do that and We're gonna stay on welfare and this anyway the minister the minister for uh, the treasurer the federal treasurer scott morrison and the minister for welfare christian porter were like well you're off the dole now we're gonna so anyway those two are in, have uh, had a bit of a bitch slap from life um but the 21 year old the photo of her is just The thousand yard cock, the thousand cock stare. It's just she's. It's just obvious. It's obvious. Ruined. Um, But anyway, boys, how can boys um, stuff themselves up? Well, uh, you could get, you could get the clap, (laughs) some sort of sexually transmitted disease. And uh, I look back at my dalliancing, and I was fortunate, I think, not to. Putting too fine a point on it, um, you could obviously you could get the girl pregnant, and uh, and then you kind of bug it, aren't you? Um, what else? You could fall for the first girl who who agrees to give you a blowjob and marry her. That actually did work out for one of my friends. One of my friends of mine. Um, But only, only after a lot of pain and effort on his part. Uh, Look, there's just lots and lots of ways. There's lots of ways the sex thing can stuff you up, and it's I think it's your greatest pitfall uh, in today's age. Like back in the day, um, fifty or sixty years ago. Hang on, we have to go longer than that. Back in from about the nineteen fifties, because mid nineteen sixties, of course, it all went to crap. you didn't have as much of a pitfall on the sex thing as you do now. So what would I do differently, advice to 18-year-old me, in the current world that we live in? Well, current world is Tinder and I've never had to do that sort of thing. Uh oh, this is getting more complicated than I thought. Hmm. All right. I'll just say what I was going to say and then all of you young bucks out there can tell me what else you'd have to, you'd have to take into account these days. Um, God, I'm so glad that, I, I'm not single now, and having to do the on online dating, I just, I, I, I wouldn't do it. I just, I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it in a million years. The type of woman who'd put herself on online dating is exactly the type of woman you do not want to be associated with. And there, and if there are women listening to this right now uh, who are on online dating, you go, what, what, what do you mean? Yeah, you. I mean, what what? What are you what are you doing? Putting yourself on online dating. Oh, it's just oh, but it's the way we do it now. No. 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 Guys, clear cut. Clear cut. If you if you think you, you meet a girl in real life, like not online, uh, first thing you do is go check if she's on some online dating site. If she is, next. Or just, you know, have her as a plate that you're going to spin anyway okay so advice to 18 year old me regards to sex uh, I would save up my pennies uh, and get a very high class escort and uh, employ her to teach me exactly what to do over multiple occasions I wouldn't be in danger of being becoming a mark for the high class escort um, because I'd have no money because I was 18 year old me and all my money I'd extra money I would have saved up for this service I wouldn't just get the one escort to, to I'd say okay you you know you that was great you told me that now do you know any other high-class ones that are really good and of course you will that by the way this is not being facetious this is 100% locked in I would do this without any doubt any doubt whatsoever I mean this is 100% locked in you have to you have to um, couple this with with why. Why why are we having sex as a man? I have been reading. I I got. I was on the internet yesterday and doing those. You know those things where you click on one thing and then you end up clicking on another and another and another and another and another and another and another. And, and the subject was. Um, about girls who are supposedly good girls and then guys marrying them and and like the girls are virgin apparently before the wedding and they've saved their virginity for the wedding and then he finds out that two weeks before the wedding she lost the virginity to the local quarterback and was sneaking out to meet him and blah 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 and then she confessed in in tears and rah, 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 rah. And I was reading all this and the advice of this guy and then it went from one link, and they, they linked to Rollo a lot and, and they linked to Rational Male and Illimitable Men and all over the place. And the thing I was thinking about, the whole thing is, what was the first, when I just read to you the first paragraph of my book, what was the first sentence? Can you remember, kiddies? Sex is power, sex is power. either you have the power or you don't have the power. There's no, like, there's no equal. There's no, oh, it's a 50-50 equality. We have an equal. No, no. Either you have the power or you don't have the power. And for men, you don't have the power if you're desperate for sex and you don't know what you're doing. And this is where the high-class escorts come in. So if, you, if... And how long would I do it for with high-class escorts? Until I was... Well, how much I could afford uh, as 18-year-old me uh, for a start. And until I felt that I was sufficiently knowledgeable. And because of my knowledge, I was um, regularly um, pulling decent women. So sex is power. Either you have the power or you don't have the power. You've got to think about what your objective is when you sleep with a girl. And don't say to me romance and love because you're being a fucking idiot. Because um, girls have objectives as well. You need objectives. If you're just going out there and oh, I had sex with a girl. Oh, great. It was great. Oh, right? What's your objective? And I'll tell you what your objective when you sleep with a girl is. Once again, this is not being facetious. I'm being 100% serious. And what I'm about to say is probably going to annoy uh, a fair few people who hear it. But I don't care. I'm independent of your good opinion of me. Your objective when sleeping with any girl should be to ruin her for any other man that comes after you. That's it. You should fuck her so well that any other man that she goes with from that point on, in her mind she's going to going to be comparing them with you, and they lose. That should be your objective, your primary objective. Are you going to achieve that every time? Well, no. Um, well, maybe you will. You know, There's that great book Shibumi by Trevani, and, uh, the novel, and Nicholas Hell, I think, is the main character, and he's like a level four grandmaster sexual prowess and he goes through the sexual levels i don't know whether he actually found this out in real life that there are actually people who do this this is written in the 70s and back in that time it wouldn't surprise me um or he was just making it all up for the book and probably making it up for the book but it's fun great book by the way shibumi um and uh and he ruins he ruins the women that he sleeps, sleeps basically well, he can choose he can choose whether he's going to ruin them or not for anyone who comes after and he's concubine because he, he lives with a concubine. says to any of oh, this other girl she says oh, don't don't ruin her for everyone else that would be too cruel this should be your objective guys yeah? um you wanna you want her to come and come and come again until she's begging you for mercy and then some more and then again, and then another time. That's what your objective should be. Which means you have to be good. Obviously, you have to have self control. Right. Um, but that's what your objective should be. Now, I I look at these this 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 post that I saw yesterday, and it's called it's from a blog called Vigor and Spirit, and I'll 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 tell you I'll put it in show notes in the back on my blog and. It's titled She Was a Good Girl. It's from July this year. And look, he's he's found out, this guy's found out that, you know, they here we go. They both come from conservative religious families. Uh they got married. Uh only two months they've been married. So basically they he lost his virginity to her. Um, I think, based on this. Um Yep, we were both virgins when we got married, or so I thought. So, like I said, she slept two weeks before the wedding. She's gone out and snuck out a few days before the wedding with the local quarterback, Jock. And, of course, local quarterback, Jock, has ruined her for him. That's why... And the error ended up failing, and she... Because she was... Even though she confessed to him in tears what she'd done and blah, 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 she ended up sneaking off again with quarterback, Jock, and it all went and to shit. And, and the quarterback, Jock, had ruined the girl for her husband because, of course, she snuck out just to see what it would be like with another guy before she gets married. But the other guy is the quarterback chalk who's obviously slept with lots of girls, and then she gets with virgin guy on a wedding night, and he's probably lasted about 30 seconds, because everything's been building up to this. He's, he's 23 years old, and he's a virgin when he gets married. Yeah, it's it's going to be under a minute, and she's going to be going like, what? And he, the quote here is... Uh, the last two months we've been settling into our new starter home. things seemed a little tense, but I just chalked it up to us getting used to living together and work out working out our routines and habits, getting adjusted to being together every day. Uh, no, she was comparing you and she, you she got ruined. That's it. So look, as a guy if you do when you do eventually meet the girl that you're gonna marry, well, you you got you to gotta let her know in no shape form that you've you ruined her, basically. I suppose when I put it like that, it sounds quite, I don't know. It's just brutal reality, dudes. It's brutal fucking reality. That's got to be your objective. So going back to 18-year-old me, this is number one thing I'd do. I'd save up my pennies, go to high-class escorts, high, high, high-class escorts, um, and it would be a um, education of sorts. And I would, I would obviously have standing no chance of getting them pregnant because we'd be using protection, um, careful with STDs and all that sort of thing. But, and I'd be outright saying to them, "I want you to teach me how to ruin girls for other men. That's it, and that's what your objective should be. Any other objectives that are out there." You're doing it wrong. Right. And this example that I read out of this guy got ruined. And he didn't know what he was doing when he got married. And she's gone off with someone else and all these dreams have turned to ash. And blah, 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 blah. There's brutal reality, fellas. Brutal fucking reality. Okay, so that's sex. Next. Remember, these are an order priority. Next one that we got here... Um, job uh, now I didn't make the mistake of going to university um, and this I, I, I left school and I graduated in 1988 which I'm gathering is before most of you were born who are listening to this god I feel old um, which by the way just feels like that doesn't, not yesterday but it doesn't feel that long ago fellas I tell it right now um, and I didn't make the mistake of going to university which wasn't as big a mistake back then um, as it is now. Let's say, here, here's why going to university is a mistake. Let's say you go and get your shitty business degree from some shitty university. Uh, apart from the fact that the, the, the university over the course of three or four years of you paying their money to be there, will do their utmost to try and warp your brain with every progressive fad known to man uh, and some unknown uh, and you'll pay them for the privilege of doing that to you the real problem with going and getting your shitty degree from a shitty university and paying all that money is that let's say you're 22 or 23 years of old now years of age you've got this degree it's some shitty business degree you're going to want to work in business and this is what happens with young guys and i see it all the time all the time They'll, like, they'll go out and they'll get sales jobs or marketing jobs and they're no good at it and they hate it but they have invested this time and money in this shitty business degree and the shitty business degree doesn't let them get a good sales job or a good marketing job or anything like that. It just gets to get rubbish and they hate what they're doing and they're no good at that and they have unrealistic expectations because they think they should be getting paid more like someone will offer them maybe a good entry level job at an entry level not much fucking money and they'll be like, oh but I've got my degree. I deserve more money than this. It fucks you up. So what would I do now like I said I didn't I didn't make this mistake. But I still I was still pretty aimless from let's say 18, 1920 from when I left school. Um Still pretty aimless, still pretty directionless, jobs here and there. Uh, I mean, I worked. What did I do? And I've done this in a post before. I cleaned an office block in the morning from 5 o'clock to 7.30 for two years and I only missed one day. What? That taught me to turn up and do a job on time and be reliable. Um, A friend of my father's who, who gave me that job, said he was expecting me to do it for two weeks. I think it was two and a half years I did it for. That paid my rent. Um, I worked at McDonald's for about a year. McDonald's back then, I don't know what it's like now, but it was a great first job. Great first job. Really taught you a lot um, about turning up on time, about working with other people, about, about beating other people, being better than them, learning stuff faster, getting more shifts. How did you get more shifts? You had to be a better worker. It, it was it was just a great apprenticeship. worked in bars, restaurants, did laboring jobs I worked as a shop assistant um, I'm just trying to remember everything now. Uh, oh yeah worked as a musician, as an actor um, all over the shop. But what I do now? 18 year old Adam I get a trade plumber, carpenter, um, boilermaker, welder um, electrician mechanic whatever i'd go and get a trade because you'd always you'll always have it and you'll be useful and as men men need to be useful now i'm really good at lots of stuff now um but i really wish i'd gone and done a trade and that would have one of my really good mates who's milo i named him milo in my book who was i think people's favorite character Um, from the feedback that I've had. Uh, And I'll I'll keep using the made-up name because I respect his privacy. Um, He was a rafting guide with me uh, in Uganda and uh, he left Uganda after I did in a cloud. He basically had to take his hard drive and flee the country because his business partner had uh, had fucked him well and truly over and, and Milo was in fear of his life at this point. So he just found out what had happened um, by accident, before it was all going to go down, grabbed his hard drive out of the computer, got on a plane uh, with the clothes he was wearing, and landed in London, started again from zero, mid 30s. Uh, but Milo was a, was a chippy. He was a um, he was a he had a trade, a carpenter that he'd done, and then he became a rafting guide. Um, and so he landed up in England. He had zero, went and started being a chippy ended up um getting offered a uh, partnership in a building firm and now works all over europe building lux luxury homes for the rich and i'm talking like luxury luxury homes like oh we want to spend uh, two million pounds on our kitchen that sort of stuff um so look having a trade guys this is i mean miles is just a fantastic example of how that can work out for you you Going and getting a trade doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to be a mechanic for the rest of my life. No way. Do that, get your trade, right, done, all right, off travelling now. Or maybe you find out you like being a mechanic. But it is your fallback option. Um, and uh, that will be 100% set in stone for me. So that's job. No university, no shitty university degree, no university degree trade go and get yourself a trade it's particularly these days because everyone's getting university degrees and no one's getting trades so do the math supply and demand uh next one opportunities that come your way um surprisingly enough fellows you don't get many opportunities in life i've discovered and i let a couple slip through my fingers early on that are uh, looking back dear oh dearie me um grab them say yes Always say yes. Because after you say yes, if it doesn't turn out, you can always walk away. But if you say no, you've just slammed the door shut. Hey, you want to come and we we like you, we think you'd be good at this. Do you want to come and do this? Yes. Be a yes person. This is the difference between people who are successful and who are not successful. People who are successful say yes. Do all the yeses work out? No but they say yes a lot, and a few of them work out. People who aren't successful think up ways or reasonings why they shouldn't be doing something. Hey, come and do this. Oh, mm, well, I'd like to, but, you know, I'm not sure about blah, 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 blah. This is the difference. This, this, this is just a really, really clear-cut, easy one. But when you look at it, it's actually a no-brainer, an absolute no-brainer. So opportunities, grab them, run with them. And if they're no good, drop them and grab the next one. Um, How you dress. Uh, This is actually an important one. And uh, I actually, I got an epiphany on this one this morning when I was just doing my morning tool around the interwebs. Uh, One of my stops on my blog roll is Maggie's Farm. Uh, Maggie's Farm just does a great collection of links. Um... Anyway, they got a photo. They got the the close here is the infant infantilizing of the academy, and they got a photo. I'll link this up. They got a photo of uh, Harvard students circa 1953. Black and white photo. Four guys. Uh, you can just pause the podcast now and go across to my blog and have a look at the photo. I'll, I'll actually put the photo up. I'll just put the photo up and. Uh, They're there just looking at something in a magazine. Look at how they're dressed. Look at how they're dressed. Suits, nice suits, blazers, ties, crisp shirts. You know they're going to be wearing loafers or something like that. Smart haircuts. You know what these guys look like? They look like adults. How old are they? They're at university. compare that photo to 2016 and get four random guys from university to be looking at something in a magazine how will they be dressed they'll look like children who've just got out of bed for the most part i was walking walking down the street yesterday and this guy came out of the house in front of me started working walking he was wearing like And yeah, he probably was like same age as these guys, early twenties. Some English dude. Uh, He was talking on the phone from his accent. You know, he he wasn't he wasn't a ruffian or anything. He wasn't like a a no hope loser. But he looked like he just crawled out of bed. He had on tracksuit pants, like sweatpants, shorts. um, These these slip on neoprene loafer things, um, and some crumpled t-shirt that looked like he'd slept in it and he was off and by the way i was walking just behind him by overhearing his phone conversation he was off to a meeting i just couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it guys why is this important if you dress like a kid if you dress like a slob if you dress like a loser you are gonna be those things look at the photo of these guys they look like intelligent smart, go-getting adults. And as it says here, let's have a look. Um, let's read it. If you dress that way in college today, I'm reading from Maggie's Farm now, people would assume that you're as gay as Milo. Milo's really crossed some barriers here, isn't he? However, kids in fine private schools still dress in ties for class, and those used in the photo were probably just wearing something similar to what they'd always worn to school. People used to dress for church, too. I still do. It shows respect for the occasion. Please do not wear cut-off jeans to church. Hey, guys, please do not wear cut-off jean shorts. Don't wear them, period, for fuck's sake. That's gay as Milo. Um, I'm sure God God doesn't care, but I do. Um, I'll just go... uh, uh, there was a time when people aged 18 were adults, viewed themselves as adults, comported themselves as adults, dressed like adults, and in short, aspired to be dignifying grown-ups. I know this from my parents, but I grew up after that. Adulthood was difficult for them, military service, war money, etc., but adulthood is always a deadly serious matter for which children are not equipped. Are you going to be an adult at 18? Are you going to be a kid? This is this is what I do differently. I used to wear I used to wear ripped jeans, and they were ripped not because I ripped them, because they fell apart. But then it became like a a style for me. And this is like 25 years ago. Um, any of those four guys, guys in that photo, looking back at that photo in time now, would be able to look at that photo and not cringe. They'd be looking, going, "Yeah, look good, look smart, look preppy." I look back at the photos of me at 18 and be like, oh my God. And 19 and 20 and 21. Guys, you got to dress smart. You got to look smart and you'll get the girls too. If you look like a slob, you're going to get a girl who's a slob. If you look like a lazy slob, you're going to attract a girl who's a lazy slob. If you look like a lazy, unattractive slob, you're going to attract a girl who looks like a lazy, unattractive slob. Same goes with jobs, everything. Dress well. Make a point of it. Maybe people look at you and go, who do you think you are? And just shrug your shoulders and go, what? What are you saying? Oh, what you doing? What you do? Well, you look like a slob, and I don't. And what's your problem? Just get right back in their face. Don't be going like, oh, man. I'm so dress well. I'll link that. Um, I'll link that photo up. Go and check it out. Money. I'd save after all the money I'd spent on escorts. Um, I'd save twenty percent of what I earn. And by means save, I, mean, I wouldn't mean I save. I would save up for something to buy. I mean, I would save it. That's it. So I still have it now. My God, that would be a huge difference. I'd have hundreds of thousands of extra dollars right now if I did that. And looking back, it wouldn't have been hard, apart from a few instances. I would not take out any loans. I would not get any credit cards. I would save 20% of my money. And then another 20% of my money I'd use to save up for things that I needed. So if I wanted that... Gibson, Les Paul, Sunburst guitar, I would save up for it. I would not take out a loan at 19 as I did. And thanks, Dad, for going guarantor for me instead of teaching me that loans were fucking stupid. Same with credit cards. Oh, my God. Just credit, guys? Don't do it. Last one. Health. I've been lucky on this one um because i was an amateur semi-professional cyclist in my teens and kayaker so i had a really good um uh fitness level and strength level to base to work from um and then of course when i think i started rafting when i was 24 or 25 did that for 15 years which gave me a fantastic physical base i worked out sporadically in in gyms over the years and when i was about 16 but never never seriously the only thing i'd change health-wise looking back on it is i would um, be uh, more serious about the gym i'd be like three days a week Um, i was pretty good on that like i said uh, but i could have been better Uh, for you guys out there who probably aren't going to spend 15 years as a rafting guide which is a very physical activity, and maybe you're going to be desk-bound. Um, this is just such a no-brainer. Um, I see guys at the gym all the time in the mid-40s, 50s, who are trying to make up for not doing this. You just can't do it. There's no hope. And and, and I was in there, and there was this, there's this guy who drives a Maserati at my gym. Uh, he looks like in his late 50s. He, he, he goes to the gym a lot. He really is really trying. Balding, businessman, um, pot belly. And the other week, he asked me how old I was. And I told him, and he just shook his head and was just like, fuck me. If only I'd done things differently, blah, blah, blah. And he asked me, you know, how, I'm at, how I have my fitness level. And I told him what I'd done, and he was just shaking his head and he knows man and i, I didn't say it i'm not going to say it because he knows i'm not going to insult him and he knows that i know that there's no way he's losing that pot belly that he's he's just all he's doing now is halting the decline he's, he's he's holding himself in a stasis point he's he's holding himself in a point where from this point hopefully he won't get any worse but he will obviously because he's aging um and and it's just it's brutal. It's brutal, guys. It's brutal. You've got to I think you've got and your average guy. I think you've got about till about thirty five, forty years of age to set your benchmark. I'm I think forty. Nah, average guy. Nah. I'm thinking rafting guides here. Uh, look, your average guy thirty to thirty five. Maybe this is going to set your benchmark for the rest of your life. Like at 35, whatever your high watermark point is on your fitness level at that point is, that's the maximum you'll ever be able to achieve from that point on. For the most part. So you really, really, really have to take this seriously. It's crucial. Absolutely crucial. Um, so there we go. They're my six things. So to go through them again, I even wrote them down. I got organized for this podcast. So sex, job, opportunities, dress, money, and health. I suppose sex, of course, is going to be the most controversial one of this podcast with my statement, and I'll say it again. Your objective when sleeping with girls should be to ruin them for every other man that comes after you. Take it and put it in the bank. Right. Um, shout outs, Aaron Cleary. Aaron had a post this week that I liked over at Captain Capitalism. I like most of Aaron's posts, but this one I thought was interesting. He had some great photos up of Washington State. I really miss the mountains. Fuck, I miss the mountains. Uh, Okay, Friday, September 16th, so last Friday. How a good wife or girlfriend can help you go MGTOW. Um, Interesting article. Um, he drops my name in there, um, so thanks for that. Uh, but that's not why I'm mentioning it. Um, he's basically—I don't think—I uh, kind of—I think it's a good article. You should read it, and I'll link it up. I don't know if, however, however, I don't know if a good wife or girlfriend can help you go mid more as going going your own way. And I hate to use MGTOW because it's it's not a great... And, and Aaron's not using it as, as MGTOW either to say go MGTOW because MGTOW, the terminology as it stands today, is pretty well corrupted, I think. Um, but I'll use it. But just when I'm using it, keep in mind I'm not saying go MGTOW, but it means going your own way. Um... So he's saying how a good wife or girlfriend can help you go MGTOW. tower. I think it's the other way around. Going mid tower will help you get a good wife or girlfriend. And what that means is you as a man, you set your own life. You set your own parameters, you set your own frame. You build your own world as a masculine entity. And by doing that, you'll get you'll attract the good the good wife or girlfriend. So I think he's got he's got kind of the other way around, yeah. Um, but this is why I like you know people who I follow out there who are writing, uh, podcasting, YouTubing, coming up with ideas, coming up with thoughts. Um, like my blog list, I don't. There's some blogs there that I'm on my blog lists that I'm kind of diametrically opposed to on certain aspects. Um, but they get me to think they get me to think oh well, if i don't agree with this person intrinsically why not can i articulate can i articulate why in other words what is my position here what is my actual position and why is that position and can my position um stand up to scrutiny this is this is the attitude that you need to have so check out that uh, and i mention this hey because i like that article by Aaron and B Aaron sponsors the podcast so this is a shout out to him Um, so that's for this week that is episode what episode number was it again 19 Um, advice to 18 year old me Um, hope you enjoyed it check out my blog pushing rubber downhill Uh, check out my First book, same name, pushing rubber downhill, uh, which is a memoir about how I came. If you're liking these, if you're liking these podcasts, you're liking the ideas that I have, and my attitudes for life and that sort of thing. My first book and the coming second book are memoirs, so they're detailing how I arrived at these points by my actions and what I did. So, they're good books to read because they're also great books. Check them out for yourself. Anyway, that's the podcast for this week. Um, I'll uh, see you all next week. Stay safe, kitties. Ciao.